The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Alex, we're live now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No, we are going live, friend, as uh, they always say on this show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the A-Side live chat. This is not sweet, sweet, dulcet tones of uh, regular host Jose Youngs. This is guest host Alexander K. Lee, me. Uh, I am very excited to be here. Of course, uh, Jose is on site at UFC Apex in Las Vegas for uh, all the UFC 260 coverage that you will be getting this week. Uh, but I am very excited today because the top team in the game is back. Uh, it is too Alex, too fierce today as I am joined by the cool Alex, Alex Savas. <laughs> too Alex, too furious. I almost quit when I saw that, but go, go ahead. <laughs> Just, just wait for Alex and Alex Tokyo Drift if they let us do this again. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the man on the ones and twos, the truck, E. Casey Lydon. Uh-oh, stage fright. There he is. Oh. Happy birthday, AK. Casey, Casey. Happy birthday. Oh, it is not my birthday. Happy not birthday. Me. It is not my birthday. This has what? to stop. We have, we have colleagues of ours on Twitter messaging me, DMing me when they see your comments and telling me happy birthday. <laughs> Do you, you know how rude it is to tell people, please, it's not my birthday, shut up? It's a very rude and harsh thing to have to say, but I really have no other. Uh, anyway, yeah, so guys, listen, you guys know the deal. You guys tune in every every week with Jose. We are here to answer your questions and comments, everything related to UFC 260, everything related to UFC Vegas 22, which went down, everything else, all the other craziness that's going down in the MMA world. Uh, I know we have some questions on the site. we got some questions on social media. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube live right now, leave your comments. What is up, Jesso Crystal Crew? Crystal Squad. Yes, two crystals, not three, because one crystal for Alex Savas, one for Casey. I am not a crystal believer, as we know. And uh, since I'm hosting the show, I'm allowed to make this a crystal-free zone. Uh, when Jose comes back, you guys have all the crystal talk you want. But thank you, Jessica, for tuning in. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for all of our podcast listeners. Uh, Casey, is there anything... 
already. <laughs> I've been ho- I've been hosting for two minutes. <laughs> well, you've been hosting guess- for two minutes. Cool Alex has already turned in her letter of resignation. Apparently, oh, yeah. stop so- it, stop it. <laughs> Dude, this, your birthday is off to a horrible start. I just got to say. It's, you know, I'm not a fan of them. I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I'll play the bread music. That'll make it work. Uh, all right, guys. What do we got here? Yeah, let's. Hello, Joseph Boza, regular regular viewer, regular listener. Why is there an L? Always appreciate it. I'm feeling this is passive this is, aggressive. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a, You know what I learned, guys? I'm old, I'm old. But you know what I learned is that a lot of the kids these days is they use the LOL as like a, it's almost like a nervous it's like, you know, you, you see you see someone you haven't seen in a while. It's like, <laughs> you just kind of awkward smile and laugh. That's like what the LOL is now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I, no? I, have a, I have a few no. millennial <laughs> friends, and when they text me, everything's all like, like hey, you want to have lunch today? LOL. I don't get yeah, it. Like, or, everything's right? LOL. Or the opposite. You, yeah, or, yeah, or like you message them with, with a question, and they just answer LOL. And it's like, no, I'm, so this is like a yes or no. We're trying to make plans here. Like what? I don't know, guys. Millennial talk Wait, with AK. Who's Casey. not a millennial? Wait, Casey, you're not a millennial, technically. I'm right at the border. I'm right. I'm right okay. at the line between yeah, millennial I'm in, and I'm in, Gen X. I'm in there. You're, you're millennial. You're definitely millennial. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm on that. the younger end of millennials. I think people think millennials yeah. are a lot younger than they are. Yeah. Right. right. Up, to, up to like 40 or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have a pretty strong millennial viewership listenership i would guess i could be wrong again some of these people could be i don't know these people these could be i see a lot of our regular viewers uh commenting i know these guys could be children for all i know but uh we'll try and keep it pg casey do you have our first question um uh, yeah we do but we're, we're talking about other stuff right now do oh i, I don't know how the show do, i don't know how the show works do i look tired do i look my, my eyes extra baggy today no. i think because you have your glasses on maybe people oh okay yeah are noticing your eyes more i don't oh, know oh true yeah Oh, there it is. Look at that. He brightened up. See, John Daniels, he oh. brightened up just for you. Oh, okay. Well, let's tone it down a little bit. Oh, now sorry. we're going too far the other way. Yeah, now it's just, <laughs> yeah. now, now it's just, now it's just off-putting. For those, for those uh, listening, Casey's eyes got as big as a cartoon character there, and it was very disturbing. And uh, I'm, and, I'm and glad now, that you did not. And now, and now we can't monetize any of this. Because of my <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All I right. think we might just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> it's fine. All right. First we'll question. First question. Yeah. You have, okay, you're the host. You know what? Okay, I'll have to read it. Well, no, I, I listen. I didn't want to read. I know because it's from a young man named Jed Mashu, who some people may have heard of in the MMA community, and he says, "Is cool, Alex? Our dear Alex, view tomorrow. Uh, I'm apparently have been conscripted to uh, battle Jed once again in the ultimate battle of good and evil on uh, between the links tomorrow. So watch for that, people. Uh, between the links live after the UFC 260 press conference, I believe. That's our tentative plan yes. for now, uh, where I will look to pick up my third win in, I believe, will be like my 16th or 17th. Between you're, the you're the only person in double-digit losses. It's very impressive. <laughs> I just keep coming back. I just keep coming back. That, that third win is going to be sweet, and it's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, and if Alex Savage could be there to back me up that, again, that would be great. But uh, no, hey, no promises. Need, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you if you could just... Fight Jed for me. I think that would be great. But uh, we okay. have been called out sure. once again. Speaking, uh, but anyway, speaking, yeah, speaking so. of fighting, speaking of fighting, it's like once I get my second vaccine shot, I gotta find my way to get get me some fight circus action. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Thailand. I'm gonna I'm. I don't I, think you need even need vaccine. I think uh, you know John <laughs> Nutt. John Nutt from John Nutt from Full Metal Dojo will smuggle you in. He'll smuggle you. Don't worry about. It. I I I don't want to question the safety protocol of Full Metal Dojo and Fight Circus. 
I'm just saying I don't believe all those people are are, are vaccinated and uh, necessarily following, uh, you know, the, the most highly suggested uh, COVID-19 protocol. But how dare I question that? Uh, circus about coming back in April. Yay. Fight with it. Fisting for dollars. Fisting. I didn't want to say it. This is a children's show. No. What do you mean? It's like, it's like punching. What are you talking about? Bro? Like punching. Oh yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I know you're right. Jeez, man. There's only there's all, there's only one way that could be interpreted. Yeah. Get your head out of the Canadian gutters. Here we go. A question. Thank you from a regular listener viewer and uh, Scott McRae. Thank you for Scott. Strawweight potential. Can you speculate on the potential of Miranda Maverick and Kay Hansen? Are they all top uh, future top 15 strawweights? Do you see a possible contender for a title out of this group? Uh, this group being a group of two, I assume. Uh, but uh, Alex, I'll go to you first. Miranda Maverick, 23 years old, I think. Kay Hansen, I, I believe, is 21. only 20. She's 21 now. Yeah. Uh, what, what, yeah, so what do you, obviously, I think Miranda's only fought once in the UFC. Kay has also only fought, was it only the genuine? She's fought twice now. Twice, and then she, she lost her last fight, fight. yeah. She lost. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Alex? What do you think of these two so far from what you've seen uh, in Yosin and Victa? And, you know, um, yeah, what do you think of their potential? And real quick, Miranda is a uh, flyweight, not a strawweight. So. Oh, Miranda's a fly. Okay, yeah. Oh, she's playing Jillian Robinson, right, on yeah. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a flyweight. Okay, but either way, either, either way. do you see them as top 15 in their respective divisions? Um, not yet. I think it's too soon to tell, but... You know, these are when we t- when, when we interview like vets, you know, UFC vets, people have been around forever. They're always talking about that new up and coming group, the people who grew up watching UFC and who started training MMA. They didn't start with, you know, wrestling and then sort of, you know, started working and striking later on. These people have been training MMA since they could probably walk. Um, so I think, you know, there's going to be a whole shift eventually where like obviously the, the vets are going to get older and retire and then all of a sudden we're just going to have like this massive amount of mma full-rounded fighters so i don't know like what's going to really separate each other you know when their skill sets are very similar um kay hansen if i'm going to pick somebody who i think was is going to go like really far i'm going to pick miranda maverick i mean one the name Mm. is just like insane in mma like your name (laughs) is miranda maverick like I, i don't know how you beat that but um she's also strikes me as the kind of person who's just who will stop at nothing like she has that personality to me she's going for her phd which is like nuts at the same time as you know her getting into the ufc i mean this is the kind of person that i think people will look up to for a very long time i i just see her with massive star potential casey when you when you grow up do you want to be like miranda maverick Yes, I'm. Um, I was at Miranda Mavericks. I th- I'm pretty sure I was at her at least her Invicta debut, maybe her MMA debut. I'm not sure. Or she's like one to know. Man, like when I, I first saw her training and I first saw her fight, I was like, that lady is going to be a star. And um, I actually, um, <clears throat> the two fighters mentioned here, I think um, Miranda Maverick has higher potential. Although mm-hmm. I think Kay Hansen is also very good too. Um, uh, and beyond Kay Hansen's um, her fighting skills, I'm kind of just. Um, I'm relieved. Um, I don't want to get into details about it. It's, for, it's more of her story, but um, she kind of had some um, an overbearing parent control her life, um, especially through her teen years, kind of getting her ready for that transition to a professional fighter. And um, I don't think it was it was I mean, she admits it, it was it was not good for her. So um, I think this adult young lady, um, young adult Kay Hansen is going to be very interesting. And um, I think she just had pulled up to do an injury very recently from a fight, I think last week. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. She was um she was the she was supposed to fight um Cheyenne Bays 
And then um, yes. she was supposed yeah. to, so I'm not sure what happened with that. I don't know if it's an injury or ho- hopefully, well, I don't know. I don't know what it, hopefully, hopefully, it's, I don't know. It's just bad. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully, she's, hopefully she's okay. <laughs> I was like, no, hopefully, ho- hopefully it's just Corona. I was like, no, that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> hopefully it's a, hopefully she's okay. So, hopefully she's hopefully okay. Um, whatever it is, hopefully it's less Yeah, so, um, but they're both obviously very good fighters. And, but I do think Maverick has the higher potential, but who knows? I like them both. Now, I break it down for both you guys. Okay, so the question is, top 15, could it be in the top 15 uh, eventually? Uh, the, the, uh, Scott doesn't really put a timetable on the question. So let's take a look here. The, this is the UFC's top 15. Uh, not that we don't have to look at the whole top 15, but breaking into, let's say, the, 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 the bottom five of that top. You know, Casey, you love top 15 rankings. You always <laughs> yeah. say how much. I've heard you say 11 to 15 is just as important as 1 to 10. I think <laughs> you've said that many times. Uh, so right now, 11 to 15 at uh, Strawweight. So this will be Miranda Mav. Oh, sorry, this will be for Kay Hansen. Uh, uh, will be uh, uh, Mackenzie Dern, Angela Hill, uh, Vierna Janjoba, and I'm ruining that, and uh, Amanda Lemos and Felice Herrick. Uh, I Felice think Felice Herrick still. She's still ranked. Yes, she's still oh, ranked. Which, for her. So this is why I want. This is why I want. I want to like get a little deeper into the question because it is different the respective rankings. Because I do think that's a top fifteen. Like I could see uh, Kay Hansen taking that fifteen spot by the end of the year if she gets a couple of wins. Because um, as we said, uh, Felice Herrick's been been an active course you know, with injuries and other things. And at flyweight, your uh, bottom five in the top fifteen is Andrea Lee. Antonina Shevchenko, Tyler Santos, Macy Barber, and Jillian Robertson. I think that's a little bit tougher um, to break into right now. So, uh, so for me, I guess yes. I guess I'm leaning more a little more towards Kay Hansen. Not necessarily. I, I think I know. I know Alex said how excited you are about uh, Maverick as a prospect and their talents. So this is not speaking towards their talents. This is uh, other fighters' talents. This is just looking at me looking at kind of their road to get into one of the top 15s. Um, so I think Hansen has a little bit of an easier path. Uh, but either way, I think by the end of the year, yeah. Both if both women are active. They could sneak in there. They could, I think flyweight's a little tougher. Yeah, little I, think, tougher. I think just the opposite. I thought I thought Maverick's got a, a better road to the top fifteen. Hmm. I think I think well, uh, she's already uh, fighting number fifteen. This is oh, this is true. That's good logic. <laughs> well, I, I guess I guess what I, well, you know, do you watch MMA regular you know, Alex? I'm just you know what? It's just a question. I'm not not, not you know <laughs> you know cool, cool. Alex brings up a good point. <laughs> ah. Ah, but what if, Jill, ah. What if what, ah, hey, what if Jillian Robertson wins? Jillian Robertson. See, so that's what I'm saying. Right. I was assu- I was assuming my fellow Canadian would win, and that's why I was like, oh, and that's gonna, you know, that loss is gonna bump Miranda Maverick back further. She's gonna have to work hard to get back. So my my comment, there was a logic to it. There was a logic. Sure. To it, I assure you. All right, <laughs> next question. But either way, both ones to watch for sure: Miranda Maverick and uh, Kansan have long careers ahead of them. Woodley, another one from Scott. Woodley versus Luke K. Is the outcome predictable? Uh, they're fighting, of course, a Saturday at UFC 260. Are they the, they're the co-main, are they not? I think now they are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, Scott now. says, <laughs> after watching uh, Tyron Woodley's last three fights, I almost want to bet everything uh, that Vicente Luque will get his hand raised. But this thing, and that means Woodley will go out and KO Luque in the first round, right? Or will this fight go exactly like Woodley's last three bouts? That's a good question. Um, first of all, of course, the usual disclaimer, never bet on MMA. That is uh, always my number one advice. I think uh, I go ahead. Yeah, Casey, what do you I think? I think the go question ahead. here really is not really about Woodley, but is Luke on the level of Kobe Covington, Gilbert Burns and Kamar Usman? Because that's who we're talking about, who Woodley lost to. Woodley hasn't mm-hmm. lost to Joe Welterweight. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, he's losing to guys who are fighting for the title or or one and two. 
He's not losing to bums. He's losing the, the top of the top. And honestly, he's not getting. He's not getting. He's getting outworked. I don't really think he's getting. Well, the, the Covington fight. I mean, he, he did break a rib in the fight. But in, generally, like he still walks out of the fight looking normal. You know, his, his face isn't like you know falling apart. He just gets outworked. And the Uzma fight, the Burns fight, and the Covington fight. In all three of those fights, did he spend most of those twenty-five minutes each fight on his butt or on his back? From what I recall, or against the or again or, or against the cage. Yeah, so and, I think and, that was that's the that's the sight that people really hate to see is when he backs himself up against the cage and kind of just stays there. Mm-hmm. That's the Woodley that people are really concerned about. So of those of, of all those the last seventy-five minutes of fighting. Is it would I be accurate to say maybe I don't know seventy minutes of those seem to be like Woodley either on his back with his back against the cage or the mat? It felt like it, right? Yes, I think that there's that's certainly how I would, how I would perceive it. Yeah. Now, can Luke do the same thing? Is if, is that is that the way to beat Woodley, or would Luke just be able to just outstrike Woodley and actually kind of finish him on his feet? Do we think do we think Woodley has lost all so, of that, or is it just like a really yeah. heavy pressure wrestler is actually well, the guys that beat Woodley? No, well, I think that's what Scott is asking. I think it's it's uh, like you said the, the the level of competition you just mentioned super high. Burns, Covington, Usman, of course, they could be anyone. It's it's the way he lost that's so disturbing. I think uh, you know I think people thought we I think we had this conversation before the Covington fight. We said, look, this is the fight that's going to bring back the old tyrant. You know, he hates Colby Covington. If he cannot get up for this fight you know what fight is he gonna is he gonna be super motivated for right uh so i think the fact that he seems so tentative yes got outworked you know credit to colby Covington, you know of course uh, uh, just for, for being the better fighter that night but it was what they saw in that fight it was what they saw in the burns fight what they saw in the Uthman fight that 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 it's so cliche but that inability to pull the trigger and when you're 38 i think he's a month away from being 39 years old uh, and you have more and more importantly, more importantly, he has a lot of fight mileage on him and combat sports mileage. Of course, a, a, a strong amateur, a long amateur wrestling career. He's got a lot of combat sports mileage on him. And you do wonder, uh, is it, it, regardless of who he's fighting, is that in him anymore? When he steps, I bet in the training, I bet he's crushing it. I bet training is the same old tyrant, probably maybe better than ever. When he steps into that cage, it's a completely different beast. I'm, I'm sure most fighters will would, would agree. And, and can he turn that switch on anymore? So, and against an aggressive guy like Luke, is this going to send him right back into his shell? I don't know. Uh, Alex Savage, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, what Casey said, like, we're going to see if, if Vicente Luque is on the same level as Burns, Usman, and um, Covington. And I think that this is going to be probably the pivotal moment where we discover what Woodley's really all about. I mean, because I don't think Luque is on the same level yet. So if we see the exact same thing happen to Woodley again, then I think maybe, it, you know, we're going to start looking – we're going to start watching Willie really drop in the rankings and just find that match. That's good for him. You know, I mean, I don't think he's, we're talking about retirement yet. I know we always talk about retirement whenever people get, you know, three losses in a row and they're getting older, but like he's still ranked what seven, eight. I don't know. Yeah. He is so, seven, you're I believe. seven. So you're seventh best in the world. Hypothetically. I mean, yeah. just talking UFC, obviously that's pretty freaking remarkable. <laughs> you know, like even if you're 30th in the world, you know, best at something like, I don't think you just throw in the, you know, throw in the towel. I mean, if he's done, he's done, but I don't, I think he still has a lot left in him personally. Uh, Alex, Alex, can we get a fight prediction? Can I get, can I get a three days in advance fight prediction? I'm sure I'll pick Woodley. Let's see. Oh. Woodley by decision. 
Wow. Okay. Woodley bought it. So you so you you think we're going to see a little bit of the old Woodley back? You think, or or also as you kind of mentioned that Luke maybe isn't at that level of the guys who who beat uh, Woodley lately. Well, well, Luke isn't. I mean, Luke isn't. That's the problem right now. He, Luke has to prove he's at that level. When he when Luke he has fought, when Luke has fought the elite welterweights, he has lost. And mm-hmm. I mean, no one likes to say it because we all love Luke as a great action fighter, but he is a very high level gatekeeper, much like we thought of Derek Brunson. He's really good, but he just loses to those guys at the very top. And Luke has been the same way. What, what are his two losses? Um, his big, uh, Stephen Thompson, Thompson, top five. And Leon Edwards, who wasn't top five, I think, at the time, but obviously he's top, yeah. we know, is a top five fighter now. So, yeah, those are his two UFC losses. So this is this is just this is actually great matchmaking by the UFC, honestly. Uh, this is this gives a chance for Luke to, you know, establish himself as an elite welterweight, not just a really good action welterweight. And to see if Woodley's still an, an elite welterweight, too. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of people crap on Woodley and stuff, but like you mentioned it, too, AK, dude's old. He's just old. I mean, for I mean, and he's gonna lose a step, and um, I don't know, and we'll we'll see if he if if uh, age is gonna catch up. Uh, I, I'm kind of with Savas. I, I'm still picking Woodley because um, I'm still a believer. Um, but uh, if obviously Woodley at his prime, I think easily beats Luke. But um, I don't think we're, we don't have Woodley at his prime. So we'll we'll see what we'll, we'll see what's left. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And by the way, when we say old, we mean over. So he's venerated. He means over. So he's going to step into that cage on, uh, sorry, under the scale on Friday, looking like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I wish when I am when I am uh, Tyron Woodley's age that I look like Tyron and look and perform like Tyron Woodley. But uh, uh, but yeah, so I mean, we have to be realistic here in fight years. There's a lot of mileage, and uh, and yeah, he hasn't been the same guy. And that's just that's just being straight. We, we keep it real with you guys. We keep it real with the with the A side uh, viewers and listeners. So. <laughs> Oh, I like this question. Scott, again. Okay, well, you know what, Scott? This is, this is Scott's show. Uh, Scott, but it's a good question. Uh, it's, 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 Laura Sanko on her way to stardom as an MMA commentator. Uh, Laura Sanko has been color commentating LFA fight cards for the last few months when she isn't working UFC fights. Her commentary is wonderful. She makes smart, concise points and is effortlessly funny and entertaining. Do you think we will see her working as a commentator for the UFC before the end of 2021? Uh, I will. Do we think it'll happen? I'll say, yeah. One, should it happen? It should have happened a year ago. Will it happen? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually wager it will happen. Um, I got. I got a shout out first of all. 
sorry guys, I take this off topic for a second, or somewhat uh, uh, an aside. Uh, our own uh, TSN in Canada is having its first all-women's broadcast of a Toronto Raptors basketball game. Uh, so shout-outs to uh, Kayla Gray, Kia Nurse, and uh, the rest of the crew, uh, Kate Burness. I'm going to leave somebody out, I know, so I feel it's Amy Odebert. Uh, because, yeah, we are having, and this, again, something should have happened a long time ago. Play-by-play, play too? Who are, they're doing play-by-play, play, yes, ah. everything. Uh, analysts, it's a full, it's full all-women's uh, on-screen team. Neat. I'm so happy. It's people, uh, and it, 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 these women are overqualified. These women who have played basketball in the past, who are current uh, basketball players, WNBA All-Star, and uh, and of course, just a qualified journalist and, and analyst. So it's very exciting. But to bring it back to Laura Senko, yeah, she's more than qualified for it. She, I, 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 it's funny how many people don't know that she fought. It's, I don't know so many people who don't know that she has a pro MMA fight, which what? again is more really? than. It. I was there. I shot video of it. <laughs> I was at her. I was at her fight. Casey, Casey, people I'm everywhere. Know. People, she's she, she's she. It's going to sound so insulting to other MMA fighters, but she's so intelligent. She presents herself so well that people don't realize that yes, yeah, she herself was once an MMA fighter. So she comes from a very legit background. And and even if she hadn't, I mean, this is in addition to the hundreds of hours of footage of MMA that she's watched, live events she's attended. Uh, yeah, I think anyone who's heard Laura speak and and uh, like I said, do LFA commentary, uh, her work on uh, on uh, Contender series. She'll she'll be she's more than qualified to play by play. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump all over answering the question, but yeah, I'm very excited at the prospect of Laura Senko getting her shot. Uh, Alex Savas, what do you think? So, the way that I look at society right now is that there's two types of companies, right? There's companies that oh. will do the right thing on their own, and there's companies that will do the right thing when facing enormous amounts of pressure. Um, I think the UFC needs to face that pressure. I think the media needs to be questioning Dana White at press conferences about this. Why have we not seen a, a female commentator cage side yet? I think the fans need to be tweeting. I think we need to be talking about this, and this is great already, um, because I don't think the UFC is going to make that decision on their own. Um, so, you know, even given the current climate of things, because like you said, it should have happened a year, two, three years ago, whatever. So, Let's start pushing that pressure. You know, next time that I'm at a press conference, I'll ask Dana White. You know, like people need to be putting that pressure because they will eventually have to do the right thing. If they don't want to by now, that's whatever. That's their problem. I'm, I'm sure that the conversation has come up. I'd be shocked if that conversation hasn't come up in the UFC yet. And for some reason, it hasn't gotten done. So put that pressure on them. Ooh. Wow. Like Reggaeton it. Airhorn also, also would have been appropriate, uh, Casey. That was... Uh... <laughs> This is why, there we go, perfect. See, this is why she's the cool Alex, because I'm, I'm very passive. I'm very like, oh, well, no, it'd be swell if uh, if this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Savas is saying, I am going to make this happen. Dana, I'm just too cynical. Wa- for, I just don't believe people will do the right thing on their own. They just, they Dana need White better not see me, because it's on site. It Laura is on <laughs> site with Dana. Laura Sanko clearly is qualified to be a... Um, uh, fight commentator, color commentator during the fight, sitting sitting cage side. She's obviously qualified for it. She does a great job. My only um, worry is um, the UFC's uh, Dana White in particular, his obsession with having UFC fighters be the color commentator. Remember, they got rid of Jimmy Smith, a great commentator. I mean, yeah. great, great color commentator. Great. They yeah. got rid of him because, well, you're not a fighter for the UFC. Look who, who they have. Uh, Felder, or was it Felder, Bisbing, DC, who else? Cruz. Although they got rid of Hardy, but um, who's that, who else is color commentator? Oh, I was totally just blanked out there. Uh, you said, didn't you, did you not say everyone? You said Bisping, Hardy, Cormier, Felder. That it? Who'd you miss? You didn't miss anyone, did you? I think you got everyone. Yeah. I feel, but now I feel bad for leaving someone yeah. out, but 
uh, Rogan, well, yeah, Rogan's kind of like the celebrity color commentator. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the issue is like, yeah, Laura, like you said, fight, people don't know she fought MMA and she didn't do it in the UFC. So um, I, ho- I hope that doesn't hold her back. Because I just I just had a horrible thought of uh, thought of having to play like the John Anik role and kind of mediate like Joe Rogan and and a Cormier uh, comedy, a comedy night. And I'm just I just I just had like like a mic. I mean, don't get me wrong. She could handle those knuckleheads. I'm just saying it's if that was like her debut, I would I would dread it. I'd be like, I I wish she would get she would get a chance for a two two person uh, call first. I think that would be great. But I don't know. They seem obsessed with three three person groups. Dude, one of my biggest pet peeves always of fans is how they nobody knows the difference between the play by play and the color commentator. Mm. It does blur. It does blur sometimes. It I will say well, in the, the UFC, UFC it does especially. Does yeah. The way the way the UFC does commentating. Yeah. Yeah. It's more clear in some other sports in the in the UFC. Sometimes it just depends kind of the who's talking and yeah. Yeah. It, it, usually it's just people talking and then Anik reading promos. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> but yes people if you want to see laura senko in the commentary booth let, let your voice be heard otherwise alex Savas will take care of it don't worry about that yeah, but i mean it will help if you guys hit dana white up on twitter social media make those demands get those comments up on the screen during fight night like poor casey's been trying to do for yeah. the last two years <laughs> all right here we go we're going to uh going to the youtuber comments oh dear oh god <laughs> Joseph Boza, speaking for the people, apparently, he says fans are, can I say this word, Casey, on our podcast slash YouTube? Oh, it's encouraged. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Fans are pissed. That, uh, I put a little extra sauce on it. Fans are pissed that Volkanovski Ortega is off. The only reason is that the only reason is that they can't take Alex as the featherweight <laughs> champion. Why can't fans take Alex seriously as champ? I saw on Twitter he's a fake slash fraud champ. Well, I mean, if Twitter said it. Then, uh, so it is. Is this so one of the best though? I, I look. Uh, this is this is one of those loaded questions where yeah. it's like I feel yeah. weird. I feel weird answering it because I feel like depending how I answer it, it's almost like I'm agreeing with what Joseph. Thank you for the question, Joseph. Um, no, no uh, yeah, okay. Let's take this point by point. I I don't think that's the only reason that people are upset about not getting to see it. It's a great fight. It's a great fight. Oh, I do yeah. think there's a lot of Ortega fans out there, and I th- I think um, anyone who kind of was like halfway off the bandwagon got back on with that great performance against Zombie. Uh, but I mean, no, I I, I oh I was I was going to throw it to you guys in a second, but I I I I for one, I'm big on the Volkanovski bandwagon. I will say I'm one of the big defenders that he won both uh fights i mean like the the first one was clear i hate that i hate that the second one was so close that people were like going back to the first one and saying that that was a win for holloway which is like guys just rewatch that one that that one wasn't close it wasn't like a super exciting fight but uh, volkanovsky clearly won second one much better argument he made for holloway but uh i don't know uh, alex Evans, do you do you feel like that there's that much resentment for volkanovsky i don't know if again i don't know how much you're reading these uh social media responses to volkanovsky's reign and whatnot but uh, what's your vibe on that yeah, no, I, I, I'm getting the same vibe as Joseph Bosa here. Um, hmm. People love Max Holloway, right? I mean, he's just yes. like one of the all-time most likable fighters. And of course. for him to lose a title fight twice by close decision, like, it, it pissed a lot of people off. Um, <laughs> whether that's justified, no. No, but... <laughs> um, I, no, I'm with you. I'm on the Volkanovski bandwagon a thousand percent, too. And the, the reason I think... If people are pissed that Volkanovski Ortega is off, is one because it was a bomb fight, but two also, I think people want to see the title change hands, um, oh. and maybe I don't know, 
get him out of there for some reason. I just feel so bad because I feel like if any other circumstances, if Volkanovski had won this title by first round knockout, people would be on board. Volkanovski is such an amazing person. He's an amazing fighter. And it's just, it sucks that he's got to get all of this heat because he'd be a very likable guy, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, this is one of those things where like the popularity didn't transfer over. So you know that's what we like to see: it's a, a, a likable champion a fighter beats another likable champion. It's like, oh, the popularity should transfer over. Instead, it was like pure filtered through the MMA uh, thing of, of pure hatred and came yeah. off the other end very poorly for Volkanovski. Casey, what do you think? Uh, it's weird for the hateful Volkanovski. Um, yeah, um, I thought Volkanovski won the first fight against Holloway. I thought he lost the second fight against Holloway. I thought. They were both obviously very close, um, but Volkanovski got the decision, and and yeah, and like I don't, and, but I I get Volkanovski is still is a champion, and that's why this fight for Ortega was so important because this would have finally because I guess he's a bit of a paper champion. I think this fight would have legitimized his championship, and mm-hmm. we're just pissed that we don't get to see that resolution. Um, I think pissed is really just a replacement for sad, which is bummed. Um, yeah. And I think that's why we can't take it, take, can't take Alex seriously as the champ because um, we just feel like, you know, he did it, win that clean. And I, I want to kind of compare this to say John Jones versus Reyes. I feel like just as many people thought Reyes won that fight, but we still consider John Jones, you know, John Jones because he had all the, he had all that previous win. So he had a lot of um, history coming into that. And Volkanovski just didn't have that long history of dominant wins. To kind of go, well, okay, you know, everyone gets a, you know, a freebie, you know, a, a bad decision that goes in, in their favor. But um, I think the biggest reason fans should be pissed, and I know we don't need to get into it big time, but the the bubble got burst. They caught the they caught the dang virus at in Vegas, and that yeah. is a giant, 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 giant issue. This is what <laughs> yeah, this was the whole Ottman and the potato bag thing was because they, <laughs> they broke the bubble. You know, right. like, that's why the whole thing was like, 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 like he got released because he 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 broke COVID protocols. Somebody broke COVID protocols at the UFC in the bubble and caused the entire, not entire, but like I, I'm 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 assuming have they have they, have they said officially Brad Riddell got COVID too? Or Brad Riddell said he he himself posted on social media. He said I do. He said he said he tested negative. As far as he knows, he said twice he tested negative. So I don't know if it's uh, someone else in his camp team. Yeah. And, and, and not necessarily test about that. They, like you said, maybe they broke protocol mm-hmm. uh, and the UFC was aware of that uh, because, uh, yeah, if anyone I, I, I don't think he archived it. Unfortunately, I don't think he made a formal post because he did it like an Instagram story. But yeah, Brad Riddell said something to the effect of as far as I know, I did not. Uh, test positive so i don't know what he's he's very obviously very frustrated with the situation he was supposed to fight gilbert gillespie this past saturday uh now we don't know what's what you know the status of that bout is going to be uh if they reschedule so yeah uh so brad riddell of course traveling from the oceanic region uh Belkanovsky, of course a champion from the oceanic region now sh- there's reports we don't know for sure shane young mm-hmm. supposed to be fighting omar morales this saturday uh as far as we know the fight is still on the ufc still has it on their uh, broadcasting schedule but there are reports that um they want to do further testing so we don't know so that's three fighters from the oceanic regions uh who i, I know at least some, uh, a couple of them sometimes train together so we don't know it's a very like you said it's a very strange kind of scary situation yeah I mean, how was where did this happen at what point did the chain of uh protocol break down we have we have no idea and this was like just a couple of weeks ago in fight island this was like a big deal like oh we, we, they released a fighter blah, blah blah it was like a big deal and the same thing happened here in vegas and we're kind of like just him and you know oh whatever you know we'll, move, we'll reschedule the fight you know I don't know. It's just to me, it's a bit very big deal. But 
obviously the UFC doesn't want to make it a big deal because that doesn't that's oh, that's that good. Is, well, yeah, UFC, I just want to remind people, UFC 261 tickets will be on sale for uh, 15,000 <laughs> yeah. seats sold out. Five-star uh, five star Veterans Coliseum and uh, UFC 262 tickets will go on sale for that event soon uh, at uh, Toyota Center in Houston, uh, 19,000 max capacity. So there and you go. You, and if you, see, if you see Jose Young's there, give him a hug. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness we'll, we'll edit that part out we won't well yeah we'll fix we'll fix it in, we'll fix it in post john Daniel wants to know any success getting any information about Ottman's <laughs> package from uh, abu azaitar we must know what was in that package uh i i you know so obviously uh, abu azaitar is fighting excuse me is fighting this saturday against uh is he fighting uh, uh barrio he's fighting mark andre barrio i believe Ottman's fighting this uh, weekend Abu is fighting his brother. Oh, oh, Abu! Oh, his brother. This will be Abu's first fight in I think almost like two years. I'm like, uh, or sorry, sorry, 2019. So uh, late 2019. So I imagine there will be more questions this week. I don't obviously we don't have an answer to this. Uh, I would just tell John tune into Media Day tomorrow. I don't know. I don't think Abu's going to be there. Do you have Do you have the media? It should just be the main card, right? Uh, right. I don't, I don't have. The, I don't actually have who's going to be on it right now in front of me. All right. Either way, uh, Abu Azhar will be present. I know someone will speak to him. I'll say keep. <clears throat> I would say keep your ears to the. Uh, and uh, maybe someone. But right now they were joking around. What did they say? What did uh, the manager say? So it was like potatoes or something like that. Or, or as Ottman who said it was potatoes. I don't potatoes. know. So they're joking around with it. Yeah, we don't know. The UFC seems to have lost interest in investigating or or at least let us know what it was. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think. But was it a boy potato or a girl potato? <laughs> oh my god don't no. stop uh, that's not stop that's not oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no this isn't one of those stop it this is, this isn't one of, don't cool ass please don't go please please we need to go. am i gonna mute myself i gotta mute myself all right viewers anyone watching live cool ass is not going anywhere please don't sh- please don't turn off the stream <laughs> oh there we go uh from our own dear dear jose young's taking uh taking a moment out of his busy insanely busy schedule to ask to say this is now a podcast about soup. Okay, well, he's the boss. He's the regular host. Cool, Alex, since you are from Chicago, what is the most overrated soup and bread combo? Okay, for those who don't know, Chicago's all you. not known you know, for But those of you don't know that Chicago is the city of soup. So it is the city of soup, that, yeah. So um, go on. It's not the city of soup. And the a, best a, pizza a city from Chicago soup. you will find at Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinders on Clark. Thank you for the question, Jose Yux. <laughs> So thank Alex, you, thank you, thank you, young Jose. Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Alex. Ears are tripping up. What is your favorite soup from Chicago? I'm Answer not now. Chicago soup questions. Mm-mm. We we have yeah, the decision. Do not tarnish right my city <laughs> of soup. Wait, are you are you against soup in general? No, because listen, there's an episode of New Girl where they were talking about Chicago because you know how um, Winston and Nick are from Chicago, and they go, Winston goes Chicago city of soup and they just like move on from there like nobody like, it's not known as the sh- city of soup by any well, other circumstance the it writers just like went rogue on this episode and just decided to call it the city of soup and now you know jose and casey just really run with it yeah, chicago casey, city made, of soup you photoshopped that whole thing we were in houston <laughs> there we go we're good thanks for the question jose deep dish pizza What's the popcorn where they mix the caramel and the uh, Chicago-style popcorn? And, yeah, uh, I don't soup. like that. I don't want to mix that. And soup. Chicago-style popcorn is the bomb. Shout-outs shout shout outs in the uh, YouTube if you guys love Chicago-style popcorn. That, that stuff is the bomb. <laughs> John Danian wants us to know, do you think the names 
Oh, heading in. So this is, uh, you know, I got to preface these things. So heading in, of course, to Steve Bay's rematch with Francis Ngannou in the main event of UFC 260 this Saturday. John Danian asks, do you think the names on Steve Bay's resume solidify him as the heavyweight GOAT? Or do you think that in order to surpass his achievements, a heavyweight champ must break the three title defense record? Well, did he to surpass the situation, he owns the record. That's his record. Yeah. Yes. He, right. Yeah. I, I guess he's asking, does he need to do more to go do more than that? But uh, I, again, it's a little confusing question. Yes. Yeah, so he already has the record. He then lost the title to, of course, to, to uh, Cormier and then won it back. So this will be his first defense of his second reign. Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, cool. Alex, what do you think? What do you think? Second, let, second let me, event. Second defense. He beat this will be the second BDC in the rematch too. Oh, he won it back. He won it back and then beat him. That's yes, correct. Yes. So this will be the second defense of his second ring. Uh, I'll throw out some of the names. Let's look what we got here. I'll just go go for. I'll just go from the UFC uh, notable names: Roy Nelson, Gabe Gonzaga, Mark Hunt, Arlovski, Fabricio Verdum, Overeem, JDS, Ngannou, and uh, Cormier twice, and possibly Ngannou again this Saturday. So, uh, Savas, is that is that the goat right there? I hate goat questions. Like, Me too. I, I'm, <laughs> sure. Thanks, John. Yeah, Thanks, John. Sure. <laughs> Steve is the goat. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> just like it's so irrelevant to me because it's just it can go a million different directions. I mean, yeah, as of right now, sure, Steve is the goat. I don't know what else we have to do. Alex, are you a believer in the GSP mentality of you're, you're really the best fighter on that given night and that's really all that matters? Any other talk is silly. <laughs> I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Actually, I, I like that a lot too, because I, I don't really understand the goat question either. Because are like, are we talking? You no, know, like from a certain era. I mean, like, like, when do you become the goat? Are you always the goat? Because obviously, when Steve, when he got you know knocked out by Stefan Struve, he wasn't the goat that day. So I mean, how do we? I don't know when we decide when he became the goat and when you're you're solidified or is it kind of more like you know kind of i don't know employing like them to up. me the goat the conversation would mean like okay it's the end of mma mma is no longer in existence let's look God back forbid. at who's the greatest of all time like that's that's what a goat talk means to me like okay basketball's over there's no more basketball in the world was michael jordan or lebron james the goat because neither are playing anymore and nobody in the world's playing basketball anymore so that's how the goat should work I think yeah. Look, I'll oh, go ahead, Casey. I think, I think so much of this goat conversation is so dependent on what happens this Saturday. Um, I think a lot of it with Stipe. I think because I think for most part, I mean Nagano's the favorite. But I think we should, for the most part, we go okay. Stipe fought Nagano early in his career. It was only four years into his professional career, and um, Stipe obviously has big cardio wrestling issues. That fight is. Now that we now that we're gonna hopefully we get a, a Francis Ngannou that's more mature and that we're gonna see a, a, a prime Francis Ngannou rather than you know a prospect kind of fighting in the heavyweight title fight as he did in the first time, um, can CB beat this kind of prime version of Francis Ngannou? And I think if he does, then um, yeah, the goat question will be. Uh, I mean, statistically, I think he is the goat, but image-wise, or kind of like I don't know the way you feel. I, don't, I just don't see Stipe as a goat, but I don't feel it yet because he just doesn't have that aura that, say, you know, that the Fedor had, or even even like Nagara or even Lesnar's. You know, he just he doesn't have that aura about him. And I think a lot of what the goat status kind of is a lot of, a lot of it is that. 
Yeah, so much of it is optics, right? I mean, uh, look, we have people that think Conor McGregor is the greatest fighter of all time. So there you go. If that tells you anything about how how much of his perception and personality and um, how you present yourself. Uh, John wants to clarify. Casey, I don't know if you saw it. He oh. wants to clarify his question. We have an addendum to the question. He <laughs> meant, he meant, uh, we don't, we're, John, we normally don't allow this. You're, you're, you're on such the nice. You, you've, been banned so, you've been banned so many times before. I don't know, I don't know why you keep pushing us. Uh, he says, what I meant to say was, what does a future heavyweight champ have to do to become the greatest over Stipe? Would breaking the three defense record uh, do it or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I think breaking this, again, it's a, it's a number of things. I think breaking the uh, title defense record would help. Again, it, maybe it's Ngannou. I think beating, obviously, Ngannou beating Stipe in uh, the rematch would go a long way. You know, you always want to beat the guy who was, um, you know, considered the best. It's not a prerequisite, but if you get the chance, it always helps. Uh, and then, and then, yes, I think three straight defenses, four straight defenses, that's really how you need to go. Uh, so, yeah, th- these things matter to people. Though, I think as we mentioned with the, uh, with sort of the Habib talk, title defenses don't always mean, like don't always measure how run was because the UFC decides you fight for titles. You could be fighting world world class world title level opponent for like two years before getting a title shot, right? So so title defenses are great and they look cool. Uh, and again, if you're like GSP, you're like perfectly timed, you fight all your great opponents while you're champion. But it's it's really really out of your control. So I look at Ngannou's record already. He's been a lot of great guys. If he never if he never records more than two more than two consecutive title defenses, like if should he beat Stipe, how far does that bump him down? I don't know. You know, I don't know if it bumps him down that much. So. I don't know. Just something to consider. The resume question is interesting um, because look at Francis's resume. I mean, that's that's you know that's just as impressive. I think you know, especially the dominance of Francis' yeah. wins too. Um, so yeah, if you go title fights, yeah, of course, me, you know, just has it, man. And, and you know what? Once this fight happens Saturday, and once John Jones finally gets a real fight at heavyweight, then man, we're gonna be talking about this ad nauseum. So, um, oh, I can't wait. I, can't oh, I wait. hope I'm not. On, I hope I'm not on that episode. I'll tell you. Yeah. Same. Same. Oh, please, Jose, please be, please be back and 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 get some get some poor sucker like like Jed Mishu or Matt Wells or something to be uh, to, to be stuck answering those questions. Uh, from uh, 1982, I know this is more interesting for that. Uh, weight cutting. We heard the explanation from Julia Solyarenko that the reason why she fainted twice on the scale during the official weigh-ins for UFC Vegas 22, saying it wasn't a weight issue, more a fact that she made weight too early, okay? Uh, now, I know Julia said that she felt fine afterwards. There's no lingering health concerns on her end. However, in your opinion, does the process of weight cutting need to change altogether? altogether? Should all the commissions in each state follow California rules when it comes to this issue? I'm going to say yes for now. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go ahead first, but I mean, obviously I'm, I'm leaning towards yes, but uh, Casey, let me go to you first. What do you think? Uh, do you, <laughs> what do you think of that whole mess? And yeah. So the, when he talks about the California rules, basically that comes down to a rehydration kind of percentage, the, whatever your rehydration percentage is, is that when they say California rules. Is that what they're easy talking about? Uh, that too. I think California also does. D- didn't they also do uh, periodic weigh-ins during fight week? I think they're one of the only commissions that do that. Yeah, as they, well. like they, you, they, you, yeah they, you, they weigh in during fight multiple week. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's the percentage. They release the fight night weigh, uh, weights pop, uh, publicly. They're the only commission that's doing that. Uh, so yeah, a few. There's a few little little things they've been doing, which I think are very helpful. Um, yeah. I mean, California has, has got a better idea of it. Um, I mean, the big thing is if if you really want to eliminate a lot of this, you have to do like day of weigh-ins so people so fighters will basically can't they're not gonna be doing these massive weight cuts because they know they can't fight safely or uh 
strategically well at uh, having a big weight cut only hours before the fight. I think uh, I think like wrestling does a lot of this too. I'm not sure, but um, I, I know amateur MMA, you weigh in the same day. You don't weigh in the day before, so you don't ha you can't cut lots of weight because you're not gonna have time to rehydrate. Um, uh, the Stolyarenko though, um, I think that was. I, 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 I think uh, even a few fighters and some um, nutritionists said, yeah, as bad as that looked, that kind of happens a lot. We just happened to see it on camera this time. And I've heard all the time of fighters uh, fainting during weight cuts, and they actually go on, weigh in properly, and fight great the next night and win. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it was actually, she actually probably did do a safe weight cut, but like she said, she cut weight too early, which is a mistake she made because uh, otherwise, you know, you can make weight on Wednesday, you know. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Make oh, weight like on. Yeah. Did you hear that? I was like, <laughs> the, the, the demon within was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah she she messed up and I think it looked a lot worse than what it was but yeah it it brings up a lot of good questions and um uh do you, do you guys know why we have weigh-ins the day before rather than the day of you know why well I think well I, I mean I think there's media reasons but also I heard that that some back in the day like some boxing uh you know did try to do same day weigh-ins and people still tried to cut uh, stupid amounts of weight so. Yeah, I mean it's all, it's all pr promotional reasons. So they have another yes. they have another day to sell a fight. So it the idea is like going, if you yeah. move it, if you move it closer to the actual fight time, the idea is like you can't you will cut less weight. But I think the rehydration percentages, which I'm not I'm, I can't speak uh, greatly uh, with good accuracy on, but you, you would need to bring a nutritionist on. And um, I think Mark Ramondi knows a lot about this. <laughs> He's the one that knows a lot he, about this. He knows a lot about pro wrestling, and I don't know. Just, I, I don't know if he's really the guy we want to go to. For anyone who can't, Casey, can we, can we shrink this question down a little bit? This is for anyone. Sorry, who's listening? It's, it's this question. This literally, it's literally, there's a box that's jab, jabbing into my neck and covering <laughs> covering the bottom of Alex's face on our on our YouTube video. Uh, but Alex, I want to go to you because Alex, you were watching this as it went down. You actually had to message me to let me know uh, it happened. We, I was occupied with something else, so you were watching as it went down. What was your read on this? I, what I still think, even knowing after that she's fine, I still think it was a super scary situation. And what do you think of kind of her explanation after and what some other, you know, kind of nutritionists have, have said about um, the incident? Yeah, I agree with Casey where, like, this stuff happens all the time. I just didn't see it on camera. Um, I mean, when you – when the fact that she was on way too early, I mean, now you're dehydrated. You went to bed. You didn't wake up. You've been dehydrated this whole time. Um, normally, you know, they're going to probably dehydrate and then get right on a scale and then start rehydrating right afterwards. And it was just, it's too long for the body to go like that. It's just not sustainable. So yeah, that's a mistake. And yeah, obviously something needs to change because for as long as people will be able to drop 25 pounds in a weight cut, they will do it, you know, so you can't leave it to the fighters to make the decision to move up a weight class or to do a healthier weight cut. They're just we've seen time and time again, the fighters aren't always going to make the best decision. It's going to be whatever's best for their career, whatever's going to guarantee them that W the next night. I mean, so yeah, there's, there needs to be way more protocol. I mean, this is serious stuff. You don't want to, you know, mess around with dehydrating your body like that and not being able to properly rehydrate afterwards. So yeah, I'm all for like, when you show up to fight week, you need to be at a certain weight percentage, you know, you can't show up too heavy that week and expect to drop a certain amount of percentage of your weight by weigh-ins. That's something that I would look into. Um, so that, that, I mean, it just seems like a no-brainer to me that there needs to be more regulation on this. 
Yeah, the California Commission is definitely on the right track. We're, again, we're not saying they've fixed weight cutting or, or anything. There's always people that are going to find new ways to kind of try and game the system. But this certainly, the things they've been doing certainly make things more difficult. I don't know how many fighters they've actually been able to get to move. I know they've at least recommended to at least a few, a several fighters to, to move up. I don't know how many have actually done it because it is, uh, the commission has kind of made it clear, like, this is our recommendation. We are not, like, uh, you know, forbidding them from fighting if they don't change weight class for the next fight. I guess if they, it's chronic, then maybe they would. But so far... I haven't heard any follow-up where they'd like force anyone to stay up. Uh, one, of course, one championship, uh, you know, also has some hydration uh, testing that they do yeah. to make sure fighters don't get too big. Um, their whole their whole uh, process is a little bit shrouded in mystery. I wish there was more disclosure there with sort of how their weigh-ins are done, things like that. But the theory of it is good. So I think if you take ideas from there, take ideas from California, <laughs> guys, we might be able to... We might be able to solve this. And of course, as you guys kind of both touched upon, the, the fighters themselves, the fighters themselves have to really fix this culture because, uh, again, as long as there's it's the prisoner, it's the prisoner's dilemma, right? As long as one prisoner thinks they'll get a little less jail time uh, than the other, then they have no reason to to compromise. So, uh, yes, it sucks. But Breaking I do news. think we are. Breaking yeah, news. go ahead. Breaking Is this legit? News. I saw this. Is this legit? Jessica Penne. Is this legit? Yeah. I see uh, a random yeah. YouTube comment. And I wanna... uh, her opponent, um, was it Hannah Goldie? Hannah Goldie, correct. Yeah, she just um, Instagrammed that she's out of the fight because of COVID. Because oh. of the COVID. Okay. The vi- so we are maybe down to 10, potentially 9, depending on the status of the young Morales fight. I was so, so, uh, I was so looking forward to Jessica Penny's return. Oh, my. Her I'm first not, fight in over 1,400 days. 1,400 days. That's like a century. In MMA time, yeah, I, I think most people didn't realize she was still with the promotion. Obviously, there was a yeah. there was a uh, USADA uh, suspension in there, but uh, yeah, very unfortunate for uh, for herself and Hannah. That fight will not go down. You, you hear how Dom, I, I love how Dominic Cruz had, in multiple interviews kind of came to Jessica Penny's defense and say basically like she just got royally screwed. But um, oh man, I think, just, God dang it, man! I was four really year, to that fight. God dang it, four year ban. She had a, it was a second infraction. You got a four. I don't know. Did she end up? Sir, it was reduced. Okay, it was reduced, reduced for four but, years. I'm sorry, to twenty months. That's still a long time. Twenty you know, months. Twenty months. A long time in a fighter's career. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, and I've heard this is maybe more uh, USADA shenanigans. So, yeah, very, very bad news. So, hopefully, but again, hopefully, if there's nothing wrong on her end, we will see uh, Jessica Pene uh, compete again soon. Yeah, but that's a weight cut. That's fight camp. That's money. You know, it's a lot of. I, I know for fans, all we care about, like, oh, just as long as you get in the cage and punch. But man, there is so, so much more outside. Like that for that fifteen minutes is just like fifteen thousand hours to get ready for that fifteen minutes. Yeah. And has she been? Has has she been running uh, an OnlyFans? She she has been running an OnlyFans, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I think she. I believe she was one of the first fighters. I could be wrong. I do remember though that when I, I that's. I think that's how almost, how almost how I first heard about OnlyFans. I swear it was. Oh, that, that's how you heard about it. This is a long time ago. This <laughs> this was this was before. <laughs> wait, wait. All right, you, listen. You, just because you, you, you were own, worried about. Hold on. Hey, am I allowed to say pissed? No, hold on. too bad. And now you're like, whoa, 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 let's whoa, talk whoa. OnlyFans, guys. OnlyFans is a legitimate venture. All right. And just because I have my own OnlyFans now does not mean that I I like follow all these other OnlyFans and that I'm hip. I'm hip to the OnlyFans culture. I'm very new to this. All right. Uh, but yeah, you guys subscribe five dollars a month. Okay. Very low, low price for <laughs> for annual. If you can subscribe annually, eighteen percent off. Uh, That's use, cheap. Uh, you, Use You're code. Cheap. Use 
use code uh, Candy Lee, <laughs> and uh, you will that's with a K, Candy Lee, and you'll get uh, 20 percent off. Uh, <laughs> no, but I I just want to bring it up because I do see uh, th- there's <laughs> there's that you know there's this whole discourse like oh the fighters uh, it's uh, you know women, women fighters specifically I guess because I guess they're the ones who are starting most of the OnlyFans shouldn't do like OnlyFans. I'm like what I'm like. They're making money for it. They're making money for it. It's their decision to do it, put whatever they want on there. Uh, and some of the real they point, a lot of them are probably making more money from OnlyFans than they make with the UFC. Uh, so make of that what you will, guys. And so Listen, I'm fully supporting. Listen, if men can make money on OnlyFans, they'd, they'd all of be doing it would. in a heartbeat. Give of me a break. Of course they would. <laughs> Derek Lewis Derek Lewis would be charging $19.99 a month for his OnlyFans if he thought that uh, – <laughs> He could do, you know, whatever, post memes and whatever, belly, belly pics on there or what have you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Derek Lewis would put. Shut, YouTube, shout out in the YouTube comments what you think. Oh, no, wait, no, don't actually. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, but uh, yes, that's my, that's my mini OnlyFans rant. Uh, uh, fighters, that was, that was a mini rant? That was, that was a thesis, that was man. That was, that, was, that, was, that was a doctorate, man. That was like, if, I was, <laughs> if, I was, if I was Jose, that would have been three times longer. Come on. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, there's not no criticism at all of fighters who are, who are doing OnlyFans. Wait, how how do we go from that? Because Jessica Penne, I'm saying I'm saying Jessica Penne has has probably been uh, among other things like sponsorships that have stuck with her as probably oh, making some money to OnlyFans and good for her. She hasn't fought since 2017. Guys, this, that was her. She's a she's a professional UFC fighter and uh, is probably not getting a lot of income from the UFC over the last four years. If, I, I don't think that's a bold statement. So. What do we got? Fans, if you want if you like a fighter and you want to support them outside of the cage, subscribe to their um OnlyFans or I don't know, buy a t-shirt or something from them or do yes. Parts, yes. Or do I don't know. I know that's a pro wrestler thing, but I don't know if I think fighters should do more like I don't know, I don't think fighters sell enough t-shirts on their own. Like I like how Angela Hill is real, is real good about that. She has yes. a, she has a store on pro wrestling tees. Uh fighters sell more shirts. People like um I don't know. That's how you do it. <laughs> it's cheaper than a pay-per-view. Yeah. Slightly more expensive than the monthly um, monthly subscription to regular Alex's OnlyFans, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Promo code Candy, Candy Lee, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> MMG2K20, thanks for chiming in. As always, this is Justin Sane. He spelled it Justin Sane. Justin, the name Justin and nice. Sane, S-A-N-E. He's at a year ago. Gaith G is one of the first names you mentioned when it comes to the lightweight division and fighting for the title. He is arguably the most exciting MMA fighter ever, and he is touted as the guy who might be able to beat Khabib. One year later, how has he all of a sudden become the odd man out? Where does he go from here? Surely he is one win away from a title shot. So yes, the lightweight division has uh, has sorted itself out somewhat after, <laughs> thank goodness, the, uh, the the retirement of Habib has been accepted by Dana White in the UFC. So now we can all move on with our lives. It is it has been accepted. You know, yeah, there's a lot of paperwork. You you retire in October. You know, you're not officially retired to like you know four months later. That's how these things work. So uh, Alex, what do you think? What what, what is that? How did Justin get left out of all these this, this like light this these sweet sweet lightweight matchups? Two words. Here's what changed for Justin Gaethje. Conor McGregor came back, threw a wrench in the gears. <laughs> Everything has to be McGregor-centric, you know? Um, so, oh, wow. you know, Dustin Poirier passed up on the title fight to fight McGregor. Smart move. I would have done the same. And, um, yeah, that's it. I don't know. That's what happens. <laughs> you got to stay relevant. You got to stay you got to stay in the headlines and he didn't do that and he'll get back there. You know, it'll happen. The new cycle will switch and all of a sudden it'll be all about Gaethje again. Come around. That's how it works. 
that McGregor factor just throws everyone's lives into people, including ours. Whenever that guy mm-hmm. rears his head, uh, Casey, what do you think? Is it that simple? Two words, Conor McGregor. Oh uh, no, I don't think it's that. Actually, I mean, Conor McGregor is part of it, but I just think uh, Charles Oliver fights for cheaper. That's all. Oof. I mean, hmm. this is prize fighting. The UFC is a business before anything. They are a business that is here to make money. And Charles Oliveira fights for a lot cheaper than Justin Gaethje. Uh, look, that's just a fact. That is, uh, listen, this is the sort of the price of success in the UFC when you become a top name. Look at Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, fought his fought himself into a prime, prime money making position. Suddenly, the UFC does not seem as eager to just you know uh, throw any fight Jorge Masvidal's way. And at the same time, on Jorge Masvidal's side, he's not eager to just accept any fight. Now there's a price tag, a brand name that's coming the way. Justin Gaethje, two years ago. Throw, throw any name in front of him. Give him the reasonable, uh, you know, reasonable paycheck. He's he's down to clown. He's right in there. But guess what? Now, yeah, now he's yeah. former interim champion. Yeah, and I don't want to hear any 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 crap from fans saying basically, oh, well, Gaethje's coming off a loss and stuff. It's like, so <laughs> it's like Josie Otto got a title fight off a loss. Masvidal is getting a title fight off a loss. I mean, like, what are you talking about, man? It's like, no, yeah. clearly there was some, there was some, there was something that went on behind the scenes um, where the money wasn't agreed upon between both sides, between the fighter and the UFC, Gaethje and the UFC, and um, Oliver. They went, they went with Oliver, and um, that's all. Uh, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, I mean, and let's, I mean, let's not, I mean, sorry, go on. Go ahead. Yep. I was no, gonna, I was let's not forget Michael Chet. Yeah. Go. <laughs> well, obviously the, the, the Connor part with and De- and Dustin and Dustin wanting to fight Connor, and obviously the way the contracts are set up, how Dustin is going to get more money off a potential Connor victory than he would off a title fight, and maybe even for Dustin, he's like, you know, for Dustin is like, oh, that's just a uh, in his mind a more a easier fight, not easier, but a fight he can go into more confidently than saying fighting Justin Gaethje, Oliver, or Chandler. So I think I think that's pretty much where we're kind of talking about those four guys um, as far as fighting for that title. Um, but, yeah, um, here we are. The Connor belt is worth more than the lightweight light. Heavy, sorry, lightweight oh, title fight, which is we knew that. I mean, we knew that, but that they need to make a belt. There should be like I beat Connor belt. Let's just do that. They made a BMF <laughs> belt. Make a, I make, dude, wouldn't you buy a, uh, do you, how many UFC replica I beat Connor McGregor belts could they sell? I think way more than. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> what? I don't want to go down to my local mall and I will sell when we can that's an, that's, do that. To me, that's, a, that's, a, that's an official, around. that's oh, no. a kind of unofficial championship. If you beat Connor McGregor, you kind of have a, an unofficial title. I really think that. I mean, more people will probably, I mean, there's probably people who there who think that Dustin Poirier is the UFC lightweight champion now because he beat McGregor in January. Yeah. I feel like, oh, Dustin Poirier, Dustin Poirier won, the, won the UFC, he's the best in the UFC now? Oh, Dude, Floyd Mayweather <laughs> got a belt for beating Conor McGregor. <laughs> he did, yes. He did, I'm not yes, kidding. Uh, what do you guys think is next for Gaith Jijin? Uh, does he have to wait? Does he have to wait for the rest of these matches to shape up? There, there are names out there who are, who are unbooked. I mean, I know who I want to see him fight. I've been campaigning for this fight for a while, but I want to hear Kind of, if you guys got any names you want to shoot out there first? For Gagey, I, I know, I know this guy. Be you want me to? You want me to get? You want me to? Yeah, tell give, you? Give, give, give me it. Give me it. I really want to see him fight Rafael dos Anjos. You really want to see that? Right. I really want to see that fight. 
Are you big? Are you big RDA fan? Like it's like it's, I'm it's, a huge RDA fan. Yeah. Like you're like I was like I got it's like RDA is on embedded. I gotta watch this. <laughs> RDA is getting his hair cut. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, right. I'm just no. I think that's it. Why? Why? Why such? Why? Why? Why such uh, a lack of enthusiasm for this matchup? Who am I missing? Am I, am I missing is, is uh, unbooked that are in his that are in his range? Ah, there's really not that many. Again, there's a lot of lot of great uh, lightweights that are coming up, but that are kind of like you said, worth the time and uh, Gatesy's time and money. Uh, did did, Ferg- did Ferguson hmm. Machev? Did that kind of get? Was that like a real? No, thing? it's Ferguson. Ferguson Darush is reportedly happening. I don't know. If that's oh, I like that. Yeah, that is what's happening. Yeah. Dude, I love the idea of uh, Gagey Mahachev. Is it Mahachev? Is that, is that what we're going with? Mahachev. Really? Mahachev? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I think a lot of people like that possibility as well. The only thing is, I think, uh, I assume, I think Mahachev and Gagey are both uh, dominance and mega, I would imagine. Well, so was, so was Habib. That's for the title, though. That's for the world title. That's, yeah, the, you're that, right, you're that's right. the thing. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think, it's, but I, I imagine they, they sort of have a world title or no, no inter. Um, that's you know, that's probably, that's probably um, right. Yeah. Right. Iaquinta, whenever he comes back, it's a fight. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's we a- love it. It is a fight. Alex, have any any ideas, any suggestions <laughs> we should prefer? Iaquinta I- RDA or just wait, wait for one of these other matchups. What do you think? Let's go Iaquinta. I love Iaquinta. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. You went five rounds with Khabib. Let's go. Do it. I do like Iaquinta. I, I like I like Iaquinta more than RDA. Even though RDA ranking wise makes more sense for just my uh, personal entertainment, uh, which is really all that matters. Um, I go Iaquinta too. I think RDA is more competitive too. I th- I, I would think it would, in case you might smoke Iaquinta, but I think that's why they RDA. fight the fights. I think I think I think he smokes RDA too. But. Smokes him. Smokes him. Smokes Terrier. And we know Gaethje likes to smoke. He, he talks about it. This um, is a former world champion. What do we got? Jen Mack, RDA, RDA OnlyFans is money well spent. Well, I have to check that out. We'll have to check it out. Thank you for the recommendation, Jen Mack. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a li- that's a lie. I'm obviously already, I'm a huge RDA fan, so I can just verify that. Yeah. All right, let me go make some more questions. We got time for a few more. We got to go a little faster. I'm just. Oh, hold on. I got it. I got We have. We've covered a lot of questions. Yeah. I think we've done a great job. Uh, we got another from Tristan, Tristan Gordet. Francis and oh, this is big. Francis Ngannou's adjustments. Heading into this title fight this Saturday, do you think Francis Ngannou will make the necessary adjustments against Stipe? Coming off his loss to Stipe back in 2018, Francis said he learned a lot from that fight, said that he's been working on his takedown defense. He will also have Kamaru Usman in his corner, who's been training with him leading up to this title fight. So we've got experience from the first fight. We have uh, a world champion in his corner who just so happens to be an excellent wrestler. Uh, Casey, what do you think? What, do, do you think we'll see? I don't know if there's a lot to gauge from the four or the five fights he's had since then, uh, with the Lewis, if you even want to count the Lewis fight. Uh, but what do you think, based on what we're hearing from his camp and, and the adjustments they're making? Francis Ngannou is like kind of the most amazing anomaly of a fighter because – Everything was like, well, obviously he's the best, he's the most dangerous striker, but you just gotta take him down. And it's like, but yet Francis Ngannou has completely crushed the two best wrestlers in the heavyweight division. Um, uh, well, maybe well, he never fought DC, but he fought Kane and Razor Blades, destroyed mm-hmm. him and stuff. But of course, those guys never even got a chance to go for a takedown because they got hit with so many fists. So. <laughs> Um, that's the crazy part. Francis Ngano, uh, we're not counting the Derek Lewis fight. That was just a stupid, horrible 15 minutes. I, ne- I never want to speak about it again. Um, but post that, his four, his four victories 
in a total of less than four minutes against top five heavyweights is just unreal. But at the same time, we literally learn nothing about Francis Ngannou, which is the most amazing thing. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you fight four top dudes in the UFC and we learn nothing about you? And so we just, we're just kind of going on assumptions here. We're like, well, I just assume Francis has taken this seriously and, and has learned from his um, past failures. And speaking of the, the first, uh, first Stipe fight, and um, I'm going to say he does. He did learn from this. I mean, the fact that he just because he lost that one fight doesn't mean he loses his next fight. I mean, I know a lot of people say, well, no, this fight's going to go the same way. It's like, I don't see this fight going the same way. I think Francis is going to learn a lot from this. And I think it's going to be a very, a very different fight. I don't think this is going to be a 30 second, you know, boom, boom, Francis wins type fight. But um, I, I really, I really heavily favor Francis in this fight. And I think he is will make he- the defense. Yeah, I think he will make the adjustments. <laughs> He is currently minus 120 favorite, according to Topology, so very, very slight. Uh, but 57% of Topology voters are leaning towards Miocic. So, uh, Alex, I'm going to rephrase the question slightly for you. Do you think uh, it's important that he has made these adjustments and that, he'll, that he, he is going to have to show off his kind of wrestling defense and getting up off his back and that? Or is it just a matter of him implementing his what he does best first and just cracking Stipe and again like he did in his past four fights completely removing any sort of wrestling or grappling from the equation uh what do you think is it important that he's that he is has it just and he's showing or that he just d- does him that he's francis does francis yeah i hope and that's exactly what i was thinking this whole time i hope he learned something but at the same time i hope he doesn't forget what makes francis and ganu francis and ganu sometimes mm-hmm. and we see this all the time when when a striker's facing a really amazing wrestler they're focusing so much on the wrestling and the takedown defense and how do i do this that they forget to implement their game plan you know you don't always want to just you don't want to adjust too much to your opponent and to you know just focus on defending from them you want to also make sure that you're getting your game plan out there so and I don't think Ngannou's going to fall victim to this. I think Ngannou's learned something, and I'm with Casey. I think Ngannou's going to get it done. Um, it's just – that's just how it's, you know, playing out of my head. And I don't know. That's – yeah. I'm running out of uh, things <laughs> yeah. to say with 50-hour mark. <laughs> <in my brain. laughs> uh, Alex Navis, uh, first-round knockout. First-round knockout, second-round knockout. What do you think? First or second, the- I think. First I don't or second-round knockout. Yeah. Wow, for Benson guy. Okay, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, look, I'm leaning towards Ngano as well. So uh, I'll have an official prediction on uh, Friday. I'm sure we'll do a preview show, and I actually have to write these out, and so you guys will see those by Saturday morning. But yeah, I don't, I don't see myself uh, deviating from that either. I'm going, I'm going Ngano probably first for second round finish. So, but hey, I did the same thing. I think I and a lot of people, I think, predicted the same thing ahead of the first fight. So uh, there's a reason we. And that's not a bad prediction. Have you got a chance to rewatch the first fight? I remember I thought up until I think the fourth round, I'm like, I thought Nganu had a chance the whole time. Yeah. I was like, he absolutely has a chance. To, and and to the crazy part is like after that fight, it's after 25 minutes. And if you were if you were just to, to show up right when that fight ended, you would think Francis Nganu won. Because Francis Ngannou was like, well, he's tired, but he looked fine. And Stipe was just exhausted, which is fine. You know, he fought 25 minutes, but he was just like, Bleh. like he, he looked like he got hit by a Ford Escort, but survived. And the Ford Escort <laughs> ran out of gas, unfortunately. You know, for, for, unfortunately for Stipe. But um, I think this Ford Escort would be a little more efficient with its, with its gas this time. And um, we'll win. <laughs> you really took that metaphor a long way, and I'm glad you did. <laughs> Thank you, Ford. I hope I hope that Ford. I hope that check is in the mail for uh, for Casey. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fine motor vehicle. It's a fine motor vehicle. Five star, five star safety rating. I shouldn't say. It. I'm going to get sued. I shouldn't say that. 
<laughs> I shouldn't. Uh, I'm sorry. I. Uh, I, I, this is a we'll, live chat brought to you by Ford. This is the, <laughs> we cannot we cannot say that legal. No, not not for not not that Ford like a Mox uh, legal yeah. I, by, by I, Fjords I by Fjords um, the um, the um, water. Um, you know what you know, Fjords are. You're um, we getting an email from Mox legal right now saying you cannot. Yeah, luckily for them, <laughs> I don't check my email. Uh, Casey, what else? What, what do we think? One more? Yeah, one more. One, one more, more. Two more. What do you think? You're the, you're the truck. You're, in, you're driving the truck. Uh, you're, driving the, you're driving the Ford Escort. You're driving the fine Ford vehicle. Is this even a question? Uh, us oh, I like this question. Okay, Let's do this one. Okay. Oh, well, I'm terrible for this one, but okay. Off the record. <laughs> oh, this is from from Key, Key of D minor. Uh, off the record. If we were in a bar and you could tell tales, uh, air quotes, off the record about the UFC, how much would we be shocked on a scale of one to ten? And uh, he parentheses. I'm not asking for the stories here. Just the shock value of your secrets. So I am pretty worthless for this. I do not know. I do not know a lot of uh, fighters, coach, manager secrets. At least as far as you, as you guys listening and watching know. So uh, I don't know. I can't really speak on this. I mean, there's certainly things I've heard, but nothing nothing super inside. Uh, Alex, how about yourself? No, I think the UFC does a really poor job of keeping secrets secrets. So I feel like we all know a lot of things, but I really want to hear Casey's answer to this on a scale of one I was going to say, Casey has lived a life and knows fighters, managers, and things inside and out. Uh, Jose, I'm sure, would have some great stories as well. So I almost wish, for, for the first time today, I wish Jose was here. That's not normal. Um, but Casey, what is your scale of one to ten? Scale of one to, so remember, it's not, not, not how, how scary the stories, but how, how shocked would people be? Because Alex was a big, a big now, point. Now, that, now, so am a lot I, of these stories are kind of out there. Am but. I talking Am I talking to just a regular sports fan? Am I talking to a hardcore oh, fan? If I'm, talk, talking if I'm talking to, to just a regular sports fan. Yeah, who's casual kinda, sports fan. Who's kind of heard about UFC and they go, hey, man, like Kimbo Slice, Brock Lesnar, man. Or, you know, they're pretty cool, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. You that, that, UFC, do you practice UFC, bro? Yeah, do you practice yeah, UFC? Yeah, that I'll, kind I'll of give yes, it a level. I would give, yeah. I would give it a solid nine then for off the wow. record. For hardcore okay. fans, I would give them, I'll give it a six. Now, when you say again, we don't want to go into like you said, we we don't actually want to tell. No, these because I will get stuff. I will get letters from Fox News if Fox I do go off the record. But you mean as as far as things as like um, how negotiations go, weight cutting, which you mentioned before. We mentioned like if people knew about holy crap, all the weight cutting stories that they don't hear, uh, and how how common it is that fighters kind of you know suffer fainting spells and those kind of deleterious effects of weight cutting. And yeah, just, stuff like that, right? And, and, and negotiate, yeah. Nego- the, we're, we're, honestly, the money part of the sport, the the yeah, that's the, big. Uh, the, the what, what what we'll say about this off the record thing, it's like once once the mics and cameras are turned off, you you would be it's 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 kind of shocking how much talk there is about money and how much I'm getting paid for this. Am I getting paid for this? I'm getting paid for that. You know, when fighters, you know, when when they're on the camera, you know, like all of us, you know, it's like you know, like hey, I'm I'm going to fight, blah blah blah, but. After that, it's just like they I mean they have they fighting is just part of their life. They still have cars to pay for. They have children. You know, they're, they're thinking about their future. So like they got to get paid. You know, they got to get paid. And um, a lot of what you hear off the record is all like, "Hey, I'm not getting paid. Why am I getting taxed?" This, you know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of it's it's, it's, not, it's not fun. It's just um it's a lot of like like how like you don't want to see how the sausage is made. A lot a lot of that a lot of that. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really one of the biggest things I think when you cross over from from being a fan to someone who works in the media, which is which I sort of I imagine is the case with all of us is is you know we were fans first, uh, and then as you sort of peel away a lot of the layers, 
your your enjoyment of what you're seeing and, and the product it, it diminishes a little bit which is again speaking for myself i'll say i still love watching mma i still i still love watching the ufc i know we criticize dana white we criticize ufc all the time we criticize some of the fighters in the ufc but this the like the art of fighting and the, the product that is still in there is like still so to me is still as as like exhilarating if not more so than the first time i watched it so i still love watching mma and covering it but definitely there's aspects of it that you either have to like reconcile yourself with or flat out ignore <laughs> yeah. honestly on fight to just and just not think about because it sucks it's it's some of these aspects of this business suck okay there's just no nice way to put it um so yeah and, and, I, and I agree I, th- I think if it's money I think that's the thing that would surprise people the most um the financial side of things and just and just generally how a lot of these fighters are living uh compared to what is what is compared to what is presented on screen you know what i mean the, the glamour the glamour of, of the sport right yeah yeah oh um, yeah oh yeah uh, so much of that shock value that is that this um question is about is really about money and yeah. the shockingly little and sometimes shockingly how much it's um it's all over the place it's, it's crazy i mean i just i just think about you know it's funny i was watching uh the how they presented kevin holland on uh, saturday and it's like oh he's got this really big shoe collection he's doing really well obviously he fought you know that's the guy who's doing pretty well off in, in mm-hmm. mma he's he fought a lot of time but look at this way he had to fight five times in 2020 win some fight bonuses uh to kind of live this sort of lifestyle that they're presenting your average ufc fighter is not does not probably does not have a massive shoe collection uh uh, is not you know driving around a fancy car unless they're that, you know it was set up for like a photo shoot or something, um, and and I think yeah that that is surprising when when they when you know you see what's presented the kind of how the videos they show and then sort of like your average fighter it's just kind of just like you and me probably and, and just trying to get by. Uh, real quick, uh, yeah, it's like one one last one. Uh, is this a good question? So many. Do you want one of the quickies? We kind of already talked. Okay, trying to do a quickie. Oh yes. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I want to. No. Oh, too. That's too complicated. I guess. Yeah. Uh, No, I don't want to. Oh my god, what's going on? Trying it. Oh my gosh, this is. is, Well, look for those playing at home. You can pause, and if you want to answer those questions yourself, (laughs) pause on the screen. Sorry, guys. We just for anyone listening, we just flashed a bunch of questions on screen. Uh, Do we want to settle on this one? This is pretty heavy, Casey. And this kind of go, and it kind of relates to our last uh, kind of what we just talked about. Um, Yeah, we can read. There's nothing too much to say about it. Okay. Yeah, so this is a Dan Hardy question. Uh, this is from uh, Tan Gwyn on Twitter. Uh, what do you think about the Dan Hardy situation? Considering we haven't heard from the uh, female employee side of the story, is it wrong for the UFC to fire Dan without providing a clear explanation? So uh, first thing I'll say, guys, to give you guys a little bit of background, uh, just from, from an interview that came out today with Submission Radio. Uh, this was transcribed by Submission Radio's Dennis uh, Shuratov. So thank you, Dennis. Uh, you know, Dan Hardy's spoken about it a bunch of times. The UFC has been very quiet about it. And uh, here's what Dan had to say. Sorry, I had this loaded up, actually. Um, he says, it was, it was a disagreement between myself and another employee of the UFC who, uh, who I feel was being obstructive and helping me do my job. Uh, I asked the person why. I felt like I was told a falsehood, which I called them out on. That's my side of it. So this is, this is sort of the, uh, his side of the confrontation that has been sort of reported in the media. Uh, is it wrong for the UFC to... Fire Dan without providing a clear explanation. Um, is it uh, I, okay? I need to I need to think about this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chicken out and throw it to one of you guys first. Alex Savas, is it wrong for the UFC to fire Dan without providing a clear explanation? No, it's not wrong. The UFC is a company, and they can fire and hire at will. Um, they can do so without explaining it to the media, without explaining it to the fans. It doesn't really matter. We don't have to hear the female side of the story as long as whoever was making that decision heard both sides of the story and made the best decision, then that's all that we can do. We hope that that was the right decision as far as all we know. 
and that's that. Yeah, as long all as um, as all long as there's no uh, like discrimination laws or any like hiring and firing those type of laws weren't broken, um, mm-hmm. it can essentially it can stay it can be a private matter within the UFC. As a, as someone who loves gossip, yeah, I want to hear it. You know, as someone who know. We want we want traffic to our website. Yeah, we we love to hear it, but we don't. It's not necessary. Um, it's a private it's a private business matter. And like I said, unless there were law like hiring and firing laws that were broken, but only Dan Hardy knows that. And then that would involve you know getting a lawyer and all that stuff. But otherwise, um, yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah. Listen, as cold as it sounds, if you're yeah, this you have to weigh you have to weigh the uh, the the cost and 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 gain of of uh, addressing the issue publicly. I don't see what the what the UFC could gain from uh, commenting on this matter publicly. Uh, I don't think Dan Hardy said anything that has necessarily prompted a uh, reaction from them. Like I said, he's given his side of the story, but if I'm the UFC, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm okay with that, to have that side of the story out there. We've already made our decision. Uh, doing anything further is, might only make it look bad. So, uh, yeah, I know that's a pretty cold, calculated answer, but that's that's you know that's what the show's all about. Uh, that's what the A side live is all about. We're all about. Sorry, guys, we don't like. At least when I'm around, when Jose's around, you guys can horse around all you want. When I'm around and Alex Savas are around, Alex Savas all business. She's gonna get Dana White uh, to get Larisenko on that commentary desk the next time, <laughs> the next time she runs into him. Uh, so yeah, this is the all business edition of the A side, but, uh, Casey, I think that is, we'll have to wrap for now. Yeah. One, one last question. Correct. One last question. This is a quick, oh, yeah, go quick ahead. it's a quick yes or no. Yes or, quick yes or no. Sure. Yeah, of course. Does Steve get immediate rematch if he loses? Uh, yes, he does. Assuming he doesn't retire. Alex. I don't think so. I think I think Dana White's frustrated with oh, how, okay. how 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 uh, Stipe doesn't isn't as active as he probably wants Ooh. a heavyweight champion to be. True, true. This is true. If Stipe loses, Francis will fight whoever accepts a cheaper contract: John Jones or Stipe. <laughs> All, guys, I told you it's all business. All right, this is all business. <laughs> it is all business. Actually, you know, if, if, if Jose was here, he'd say the same thing. Who am I kidding? Jose would say the same. Jose's real. Jose's real. Jose would say the same thing. So, does Stipe des- does Stipe deserve one? Yes, if he loses, he does. He does deserve because it'll be a great trilogy. It'll be a great trilogy. This sport, this like MMA fight, prize fighting is all about trilogy. So yes, the trilogy would make perfect sense. Just like. Just like, just like as soon as uh, Connor and Nate two happened, the immediate thing afterwards, ooh, can't wait for the trilogy. Never got it. So uh, because Casey, it, was all, it was all about money. So um, the rematch should happen if he loses. But um, we have John Jones there. But we also have um, who's gonna fight for less? Casey, I wish I had controlled the sound more because I would have hit a buzzer there because you said deserve, and we all know the D word does not exist in combat sports. Uh, and and uh, we we made it. Oh, thank you. We made it over an hour. If you had said it in the first like five minutes of yeah. show, I would have said we got to call the show. That's that is the that is the rap word. Yes, there is no deserve. <laughs> but thank thank you everyone for tuning in. Jose will be back next week. Thank Stay God. tuned to MMA. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I have a toothpick in my hand. I don't know why. Yo, you can't see it. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. To, I really feel like it emphasizes my point. Stay tuned to <laughs> MMA Fighting this week, please, for the excellent on-site coverage that being provided by Jose and, of course, all the other coverage being provided by our site. Thank you, Alex Savas, for joining me on this week's episode. Uh, and thank you, Casey, for handling everything in the truck. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in, whether you're tuning on YouTube or on uh, via podcast platform so thanks everyone and uh have a great rest of the week ufc 260 on saturday can you do the thing with benson and do the whole outro of the toothpick in your mouth now what does he do can you flip it can you flip it
Be careful, Flip though. It. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Save, save it for the OnlyFans. Save it for the OnlyFans. I'm no, out of here. No, we are, not ending, we are not ending with me dying, all right? That's not a good way to end the show. Four ninety nine a month. Subscribe now. AK, AK got his tongue pierced. Sub, sub, promo code CANDY with a K. And, no, Candy Lee with a K. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.